Hello, this is Brandykins, and welcome to another episode of the Terrific Talk Podcast. This is episode 10. In this episode, I speak with Vampire Toy about vampires, her love of vampires, and the direction that she's taken her Twitch channel in, which is towards blood donation and suicide prevention. This was a live interview recorded on twitch.tv slash brandykins. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and stay terrific, everyone. Hello out there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Terrific Terrific Talk, the 10th episode. And we have a first here on Terrific Talk this evening because we have Vampire Toy, who loves vampires and horror, and this is the first guest that we've had that loves vampires on the show. So welcome. Glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. It's awesome. I know you're into zombies, so it's just like, to me, it's like zombies meets vampires. What could, I mean, this is like the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of like an aside, um, the show Deadliest Warrior, I don't know if you've heard of it, had an episode where it was zombies versus vampires, and the vampires won. Spoiler alert. Of course they would. (laughs) Spoiler alert, the vampires won, but I can kind of see like why, why they would (laughs) Win. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. They could be a yeah. little overpowered depending on which uh, which fiction you get into, which uh, background of vampires you really delve into. Some of them are really, they're a little OP. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, at least I can admit, like, you know, yeah, zombies are kind of mad. They wouldn't be vampires. And then you can be like, well, yeah, vampires can be OP sometimes, depending <laughs> on the... the Depending on, like you said, the lore, there's all sorts of different, like, vampire lore out there. And I will ask you, like, a little bit more questions just about what vampire lore or version of vampires you like the best. But first, why don't you introduce yourself to the people out there? Kind of talk about a little bit about who you are, what you do in the content creation world. Yeah, absolutely. So I am Vampire Toy. I am a Twitch streamer mostly. I might be branching off into YouTube really soon. Uh, not sure soon. I do a lot of horror games, mainly just, I love horror games. I've been really into Dead by Daylight recently, but just anything I can get my hands on. I love it. Um, I'm fairly new to the horror genre uh, games. Like I used to play a lot of older games. So a lot of the titles that's been, that have been coming out recently, I haven't really played. So my channel focuses on a lot and just kind of learning from your mistakes. And I really like that idea of, uh, you know, you don't really have experience playing this, but can you survive? Can you make it through, you know? Um, so that's really what my channel is about. We be a really positive group of people. Like, we just like to have fun. And it's, it's just a place to just unwind, have a little fun, have a drinky drink, you know, drinky drink. <laughs> A drinky drink. I hope like yeah. not. I hope not blood. <laughs> oh well, you know. <laughs> okay, so you said that you didn't like used to focus. Uh, you don't like focus a lot on the newer horror games. You're more into like the retro horror games. So talk about a few of your favorites. Yeah. Um. So back in the day when I was, I used to play a lot of video games, and then I took a huge break. So I call it like I was in my coffin uh, during that time period. But that before. I used to be really into games like uh, Fatal Frame. Uh, that's oh. one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite games. Uh, Haunting Ground was also another really good one. 
um, you know, the Resident Evil series. You can never go wrong with Resident Evil. Um, and just all these kinds of games, I grew up playing it. Like, Resident Evil Zero was one of my, like, earlier first horror games. I'd never played any anything that scary. Like, I was just like, what is this? What, what even is this? Because it was just, I'd never even seen it before. Um, so I started with that and just kind of played a bunch of them and I, I started to realize like wow I really like this I like this um this feeling where you know so anything could happen but it's okay because it's just simulated and it's not like real um but on on my channel I play all the new games as well like I'll go back to old games but I'll also play new games that I haven't even seen before um I try to like only see like a couple seconds of gameplay of it just to kind of get a feel and then I jump into it completely blind, have no idea what to even expect. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, to me, blind playthroughs are the best, especially when it yeah. comes to horror games, because if you already know everything that's going on, then, like, really, what's the point in, exactly, in playing yeah. it? Um, so what uh, recent horror games have you played where you're just like, whoa, this is, this is really scary. I was about ready to pee my pants. <laughs> Yeah, um, so what a lot of people probably don't know about me is I have a slight, and my m many people from my channel always joke with me, they're like, oh yes, slight. Um, I have a phobia, I guess, of the sound of a chainsaw, not chainsaws of themselves, but like if I hear it revving, I actually go into a slight panic. It's oh. completely just like biological, I have no control over it, like my body just, all reason, out the window, that's what I always say. <laughs> And uh, I recently played a game called The Evil Within. Oh, man. Which, <laughs> um, in case those of you who don't know, the very first level, the tutorial level, has a chainsaw. <laughs> I did not enjoy that game. <laughs> oh, no. So um, it's currently uh, on the back burner to be played again sometime soon, but maybe not too soon. <laughs> So that game. <laughs> so no chainsaws, no games with chainsaws. Like, you know, I, I will still play them. I'll still play them. Like, I, I played uh, Dead by Daylight. It's one of my favorite games right now. And they have two killers who wield yeah. chainsaws. And it's always a gamble going into a match with people. Yeah. Um, I pretty much have to warn uh, anybody I'm playing with, like, by the way, you know, I... I'm going to help you as much as I can. However, if there's a chainsaw, um, I hope you don't hold it against me, but uh, <laughs> you might be left behind. <laughs> yep, if I see a killer with a chainsaw, I'm running in the opposite direction. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I'd say watching uh, movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is off the table. <laughs> I have not seen it. I, I can't, I can't even, even thinking about, like, us talking about this is, like, already, like, I'm getting anxious. Um, so I can't even, I don't even watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I haven't watched any of them. I've watched a lot of horror movies, but that is a, that is one of the series that I actually can't do. And it's, it's really interesting. I've, I never even knew that this was a, a phobia of mine until I actually got into horror gaming, ironically. So, huh. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of an interesting thing. So, yeah, no, I have not watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I like to sleep. Thank you. <laughs> wow, that's that's really interesting. Uh, uh, the horror genre can sometimes even teach us things about ourselves, like what are our main fears? 
what are our triggers in a sense. So let me kind of shift away from that topic because I don't want to make, <laughs> yeah. make it anxious like any more than I any more than I have to. No, that's a terrible statement. No, I don't. No, it's totally it fine. It's I, it's like, completely fine. I like I said, I'm kind of used to it. It's just like you know, getting ready for a DVD round where there is a chance. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't want to make this an anxious experience. I want it to be a fun experience. So no, let's so, so let's kind of shift to. Uh, okay, so thinking back, okay, we all have that one experience that triggers our love for any genre. So what was your first experience of horror that made you realize, wow, I love this so much? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's very interesting you should uh, ask this. Uh, my very first, like, experience where I got the, like, poo scared out of me, basically, um... I was really young. I don't even remember how old I was, but my mom had rented The Sixth Sense. And she was watching it. And she she had told my sister and I, like, this is a very scary movie. You guys can't be watching this, so go play or something. And, you know, when your parent says that, like, <laughs> you really, hmm. you're just like, <laughs> well, how bad can it be, you know? And uh, I kept trying to sneak in and kind of like peek in through the doorway, trying to get in there. My mom kept having to shoo me away. So eventually she was like, you know what? Okay, come watch the, come watch this movie. Come watch how, come watch this scary movie. It was my first, I think, official scary movie. And of all the movies to watch, like that one, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, I couldn't sleep for days. So uh, she ended up getting kind of a bit of payback for that one, but... <laughs> Uh, but that movie really was just like, this genre, what is this? I, like I said, with the Resident Evil Zero, that was like, uh, Resident Evil Zero was my first game, but uh, The Sixth Sense was really something that stuck with me as a kid. Um, and it made me really want to find out more and really get into that horror genre. I, I even grew up with things like, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yes, from, like, I, Nickelodeon. Yes, I am. Like, such a classic. I loved it. Um you know goosebumps just you know i started just getting into it just one thing after another just whatever i could be whatever i was allowed to get into that's what i tried to uh, try to get my hands on basically so that movie <laughs> that movie changed it for me so the sixth so, sense is what started it all <laughs> it all started there yep <laughs> do i remember my um starting point was hellraiser oh nice <laughs> yeah nice. that's a good one to start with to be honest <laughs> yeah and then uh, my mom would let me watch tales from the crypt and an old yes. hbo show called the hitchhiker and mm. it has like a creepy theme to where every time i would hear it i would like run into the other room and like plug my ears until <laughs> it was over but yeah if you ever like have the chance look up the hitchhiker theme it's very <laughs> i get the willies okay. thinking about it <laughs> but it's funny yeah we both had our moms kind of get us into the horror genre so it's, that's kind of a commonality there wait so wait how did your mom get you into hellraiser now i gotta hear this <laughs> okay well a little bit of a story that behind that was um my mom and my stepdad were watching it and they were just like brandy like a similar story to you brandy you can't watch it you're gonna have to like go upstairs and then of course right, yeah. like you know you're like Hmm, how bad could it be? Very <laughs> similar, like kind of thing. So I creep down the stairs, and it so happens to be the part where the guy's getting pulled apart by the chain. So of course, six-year-old me yes. 
gets freaked out. And I'm like, of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's, and it's such a graphic movie. Like, I, I mean, for, for what we have now, it's like, like that was the, that was at its time, it was so well done mm-hmm. considering they had so little budgeting. But like w- when you're just a kid, <laughs> when you're just a little child, <laughs> it's so, it'll stick with you. That's crazy. Oh man. Yeah. Like, I ended up watching it, like, much later when I was a lot older. It's just like, well, right. what was it about that that scared me so much? And I watched right. it, I was like, it was okay. I mean. <laughs> like, yeah, it was way more scary as a kid. Yeah, everything seems to be, like, more scary as a it's kid. It's so true. Yeah, yeah. So you talk about your first experience, like, that Napoo scared out of you is The Sixth Sense. And you talk mm-hmm. about how you got into Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps and all those yeah. other aspects. So, Vampires. Talk about your first experience, like, finding out about vampires. Um, so, it's kind of weird, because it kind of came organically. I can't even really pinpoint to you, like, the first time I was just like, wow, vampires, like, this is really cool. Um, like, because I, I know a lot of people got really into it when uh, Interview with a Vampire came out, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Twilight and... I mean, everyone's going, like, mm-hmm. comes in to this vampire thing when those really good, big vampire movies come out. But for me, I can't even, I, I can't even pinpoint an exact time when I just was like, yeah, vampires, awesome. Like, it just kind of, it kind of came gradually. And, uh, and then one day, like, I was just like, you know what? I really like vampires. I like the lore. I keep being drawn to them. And I wasn't even sure why. So at that point, I must have been like in like middle school or high school, somewhere around that very confusing time. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just lined up all the vampire movies I could think of and just started watching them. Just watching them. Like I watched Nosferatu, I watched Dracula, I watched Interview with the Vampire. Um, it wasn't, and then like anything I could get my hands on and I just thought, wow, this is really cool that um, so many people have different interpretations of this creature that, historically speaking, has nothing remotely to do with what we imagine today in the horror industry. Like, when you think vampire, you think suave, you know, sexy, uh, you know, English sometimes, you know, Romanian, (laughs) you know, very, like, older, but, you know, like, you know, just nice and... uh, but when you look at the mythology of where vampires come from, like, I got into that a lot. And um, it was very interesting to me to see that a lot of different cultures, I'm not sure all of them, but a lot of different ones from all different forms and versions of vampires. And it was really interesting to see that each culture would have this, like, blood-sucking creature. And I really got into that. Uh, as well as what Hollywood portrays with vampires. So I wish I could pinpoint when exactly it all started, but it just kind of snowballed. <laughs> and then we're here. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's kind of like where, where I am with zombies. Like, I can't pinpoint, like, really a, a time where I was like, hey, zombies are cool. It's just right. like, it was just me getting into the lore and the... the 
what was it, behind zombies and watching the different, like, films, like, of course, uh, George Romero, who's the godfather of zombies, like, starting with The Night of the Living Dead and, like, going on up from there. Yes, it is classic. God, I love George Romero so much. So <laughs> and it's just like and he's responsible for the way that zombies are portrayed in um, film and yeah. um, and stories today so he had such a huge impact on pop popular culture and I hope that he knows that right <laughs> yeah like I mean and that's so cool that you just like 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 I was with vampires there's just like one thing leads to another and it's just the next thing you know you're like I know a lot about this topic <laughs> And uh, it's just a lot of fun, and um, yeah, I Night of the Living Dead is just absolutely. Yeah, it's one of those, and it's just one of those movies where it's really kind of creepy to watch at night, like with all the lights off, even though it was made in 1968. And it's not just zombies; there's there was so much more going on behind there. It's just like Romero was so smart in like commenting and critiquing society with his films. And I think that's really what I love about horror is yeah. that it does that. It it's like a like a microcosm of what's really going on in our world and it's almost like a like a, a dark mirror almost. You know what I mean? Like it's a good look into real life and it's interesting to see how it's it portrays life but it also kind of changes our culture at the same time because it points out these things too. Oh, I didn't know if you were gonna continue. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I was just like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna pause right there for a second because it looks like Discord is acting up just a little bit. Boo you! <laughs> I can't. Dang um, you, Discord. Okay, so let me change to my time zone, which is central, and we'll see if that helps out like anything. So, all right. So we'll see if that works. Perfect. If not, we're just gonna like go with the flow. And we're just gonna continue and we'll see what happens. All right, but, perfect. Okay, so now going back to uh, vampires, you, talk, you talked about how there's so many different interpretations of vampires, so much vampire lore. So um, putting all that together, what is your favorite interpretation of the vampire? Oh God. Oh, what a loaded question. Hey, I asked the loaded, loaded questions Ooh. on here. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, to be honest, it's really hard to pick because um, what, what, what kind of happens with the vampires in Hollywood is that as time goes on, people kind of cherry pick what they like about the vampire uh, persona. You know what I mean? So what I like about one one uh, version of the vampire i might like only one or two things about that particular portrayal and then i like you know a completely different portrayal it's hard to say but i really had to pick uh, either i'm gonna go classic dracula like dracula right bella lagasse totally pulls off an amazing dracula um or, you know, for more, like, modern vampire, I really liked the True Blood vampires. Oh! Of all the vampires, I really liked the depiction of True Blood's vampires just because it answered a lot of questions that, um, that vampire lore kind of glosses over. It doesn't really talk about certain... 
namely about like well what about vampires don't they have like a type of blood um and you know it, it really opened up opened the door to different questions about what is the vampire and what is it capable of in this particular realm and i thought it was really interesting to see they had a lot of the old-fashioned traits of vampires mixed in with more modern age just reality and how is it that those two worlds can come together to make just this badass of a creature and it, it was cool that they had other beings in there as well so it wasn't all just vampires that there were other things in that as well to kind of balance it out yeah that... i really liked true blood so that one i really liked um yeah and then of course bella lagasse classic dracula like pulls it off so well how could i not pick of course the king dracula <laughs> yeah of course you gotta go with this one of the classic interpretations of yeah. of the vampire dracula is the one that pretty much started it all even before like the old fol folklore of the vamp the vampirific creatures yes okay now on the flip side what's an interpretation of the vampire where you're like mm -mm, no they got it all wrong <laughs> this sucks <laughs> um i'm almost like i almost feel like people are on the edge of their seat saying twilight tell me it's twilight that's probably what they're about. <laughs> twilight twilight but it's probably twilight um to be honest i twilight would be on this list um just if only for the fact that it, they sparkle that to me was an interesting twist i really like that she kind of went and did a completely different twist on vampires. I like that. And that's very difficult to do when you're playing with a trope that has had the same stuff over and over again. But I don't know if... I mean, Twilight was bad. I mean, <laughs> it was bad. But I don't know if they take the cake for that necessarily. Um, I think as far as vampires go, I wish they had gotten more into the lore of it from dusk till dawn i know it's not really like a vampire movie but it is and i wish they had talked about those vampires more like they just kind of throw it at you like oh by the way this movie completely takes a left turn and there are vampires now by the way okay <laughs> yeah gee thanks <laughs> yeah you know so i feel like that one might have also been kind of like man i, I don't know it's tough to say. That's a very tough question. Um, I like them all. I remember watching one vampire movie. I can't... It was like a sci-fi where it was like vampires in space. Get ready. It was it was so bad. Like they had puppets and like things bursting out of people's chests. And it was like a hand puppet. Like not even speaking English. It was like an alien language. And it was like, oh, it was bad. That one was bad. Um, but, was, it wasn't Dracula 3000, was it? Was it? I don't remember. My Someone was like, oh, you're into vampires. Check out this movie. They sent it to me, and I started watching it. And I was like, oh, God, what is this? Like, I have questioned everything I've done in my life up to this point that led me to watch this film. It was bad. I mean, it was like a sci-fi special movie. Maybe it was Dracula, Dracula 3000. No, I don't think it was that. It was, okay. It was bad. I think it was, it was just a really bad, like, sci-fi movie 
thing. Like, it was... Wow. <laughs> that one was pretty bad. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to think of... I would have to say my favorite interpretation of vampires is, of course, you know, Bella Lugosi, can't go wrong with classic Dracula. And I, I was the nerd that would read Dracula for fun, like, not for any, like, kind of assignment. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know, like, if you were, like, the same way where you just, like, um... Were you the type of student, I suppose, that would just, like, get into these things, like, organically? You didn't even really care if it was, like, for homework or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I really did enjoy picking up vampire books. That's actually where I read Twilight. I actually read Twilight before the movies came out, and um, I read the second book, even. I I didn't make it to the third book. I I was done by the second yeah. book. I'm gonna be completely honest. I got to the second book. I was like, no. Um, but I like during that time period, literally it was yeah. I'd go to the library. Anything with vampires in it, I pick it up. You, there's so many bad like rom like romance vampires, rom vamps. You know, there's some really bad ones out there, and I it's like. A guilty pleasure <laughs> to just open it up and read it um but yeah like during high school yeah same deal i would just go to the library teachers wouldn't have to tell me to read or anything i was always just like open a book read um a lot of vampire stuff i used to read um oh gosh Cirque du Freak I don't know if you ever got into that I've it heard really of it interesting I've heard, heard of it but never read it yeah, it was like a weird, it, it was also vampires, um, it was like a weird interpretation of vampires, um, I got really into that halfway through the series, it kind of, kind of goes on its own direction, <laughs> so I kind of stopped with that one, but that was a good one I would read, um, but yeah, like, just whatever I could get my hands on, basically, whatever our school had. <laughs> like what other vampire books that i've read of course uh dracula um Ooh, dracula yeah i really got into um Anne rice um i didn't care too much yes. for the book interviewed the vampire i thought the movie did things a little bit better but the vampire yeah. lestat was an excellent book i don't know if you've read that i did not um Anne rice is actually ironically one of the few authors i have not read mainly because her books are so big that I would start reading them and then I would get sidetracked um, oh. just because she's so like description heavy I love it don't get me wrong I just haven't been able to sit down and read a lot of her stuff but um, I really man I really like interview with the vampire the pace of the book is a lot slower um, so and a lot of people are like, well, Interview with the Vampire was so... I was like, no, you don't understand. No, <laughs> but, no, uh, no. <laughs> but Anne Rice is great. Um, I really liked... Yeah, Cirque du Freak was cool until, like, halfway through the book series. And then it kind of, like I said, goes off on its own weird direction. I'm trying to think of other series. Like, what other... I know uh, True Blood is based on a, on a book series. I have not read that one, though. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like drawing a blank. Like, there's not many good ones. I mean, Twilight kind of destroyed the industry. Like, thanks like, a no lot. more vampires. Yeah. We're cutting you off. <laughs> yeah, like, thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. I read the first couple books of the True Blood series, and it's just oh, like, nice. the show did it a little bit better, I will admit. 
because they made uh, the, the main character a Sookie a little bit too Mary Sue-ish in the books. Uh, yes. Yes, and where in the show, it's just like, she's a little bit more developed, and there was a reason, pretty much, just why people felt magnetically drawn to her, is because of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because she was part fae, I think, is what it was. Right, yeah, that's what they were saying in the show. How interesting. Yeah. That's a... Hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's just like yeah the show did it a little bit better for me personally it kind of went off the rails in the very last season but yes. other up till then like i didn't mind it yeah i mean it was a really interesting take on vampires like i said it it really twisted in that like realism of the modern day um you know you know what we haven't talked about that we absolutely like I, i'm almost like ashamed that i haven't even mentioned this once is uh buffy the vampire slayer <gasps> you should right? get your street cred taken away i know i'm like what is wrong with me of course that is a freaking cult classic how could i forget buffy the vampire slayer have you watched the uh the show or the movie I have not watched the movie, but I have seen the show, all seven seasons of it. Perfect. I'm yes. so glad. Yes. <laughs> that is dedication, by the way. Seven yeah. seasons, quite a lot, and mm-hmm. lots of up and downs. Oh, yes. Yeah. So what is it about Buffy the Vampire Slayer that you like so much? Um, Joss Whedon's writing? <laughs> no, uh, his portrayal of vampires are really cool. Uh, some really fun facts about the vampires in Buffy. They're actually based on the Lost Boys uh, vampires. <gasps> Lost Boys! Yeah. Lost Boys, another cult classic, of course. Um, down here in Santa Cruz, by the way, they were filming on the boardwalk when my mom went to go visit Santa Cruz at one point. They were filming that scene uh, with the train tracks when my mom went there, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah. Like, jealous! <laughs> Yeah, right? I was just like, what? Man, I wish I'd been there. That's so cool. But yeah, like, um, so he based his vampires on the Lost Boys because he really liked the Lost Boys and he liked the look of the vampires. Uh, the change, you know, like being able to look one way and then you bring out your like demonic side. And he incorporated that into Buffy. And I thought that's actually really cool. That's a really cool little like thing. Um, I just... Buffy the Vampire Slayer is just so good. <laughs> Such good, lovable characters. Um, you would like really, uh, you really relate to them. You know what I mean? Like they're very human and uh, natural, and their their character development is just so spot on. It's it's delicious to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think I like the idea of just each Vampire Slayer having almost like a mentor of sorts that would help them and guide them i think like really yes. the only like plot hole that i see is like okay so only one can be activated at any one time really so you're telling me that vampires only exist in this town and that's it that was kind of like the kind of eh to me but i enjoyed the show enough to where i could set that aside but that's right all. yeah that's like, that was something that was also very interesting where it's just like well you only have one slayer and she's up against the forces of darkness not just vampires yeah. but all the forces of darkness what's happening on the other side of the world you know like you know sunnyvale wasn't the only one 
with a hell mouth you know like what happened to the other parts of the world like what are they dealing with you know when the slayer's not there who's stopping them um so it's very interesting yeah like that's a very interesting point um i don't want to spoil it for anybody yeah. but uh you know <laughs> there can be more than one slayer they found in the show yeah so we definitely it was interesting oh man <laughs> i'm just like uh... yeah it's just like you don't like I did it. better hold my tongue <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want to ruin it for anyone like I, I, it's been out for years but still it's such a good show like you can watch it pick it up now and it's still like it's it's like a time capsule you know it's like the 90s it's just beautiful just hold it <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other shows that have vampires or some movies. Um, two that are coming off the top of my head is the movie 30 Days a Night, which is based on the graphic novel. Have you seen that one? I have seen that, yes. Um, but only the first part of it. Oh, you need to watch yeah, all, all of it. I know. <laughs> That's one that I was just like, I don't know about this one. And I paused it and I never went back to it. But that... Like, a lot of people told me that one is really, really good. It is. Um, if you can, you should look for the extended cut. Ooh, extended with... cuts are the best for horror. <laughs> so, definitely look for the extended cut. But the reason, I guess, why I like it so much is I like the portrayal of vampires where they're not sexy and ooh, alluring. I like it when they're just these demonic, blood-sucking creatures where their really only concern is just, like, feeding, and that's it. And so that's right. what I loved about the 30 Days of Night vampires. Also, the fact that the setting is creepy as hell. So yep. actually, 30 Days of Night, there's nowhere to get help. You're you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, especially if you got those creepy guys coming after you. <laughs> oh, man. So that's definitely what you need to go back to, but look yes. for the extended cut. I got like it. the okay. extended cut a lot better than I did like the original cut. All right, extended cut. We're going to definitely have to... Uh, I'm going to have to check this out now. I'm like, hmm, movie night, maybe? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, one, another movie that's good to watch with the lights off. Perfect. Now, uh, um, let's see here. Uh, Supernatural is also another show that has vampires, albeit a little bit briefly. So I assume you know what I'm talking about whenever I said the show Supernatural. So Yes, I do. Yes, yeah, saving was it... <laughs> Saving people, hunting things, the family business. So what were your thoughts on vampires and how they were portrayed in the show Supernatural? Um, to be honest, I only watched a couple episodes of Supernatural. That's actually very interesting because my dad is super into the Supernatural series. And he tells me about the vampires and he asks me questions like, are vampires supposed to do this? And I'm like, I don't maybe i mean <laughs> what's the context i mean i don't know um but yeah that's another show i've actually it's on my list to watch just because i know it's isn't it still going it is still going okay. yes that's, it is. i have a hard time jumping into something that's still going because i will catch up <laughs> right um nowadays supernatural has kind of fallen off my radar because after season eight is where it just kind of like i lost interest but yeah, this, that's, that's the hard part with series. 
Yeah, uh, season seven, I think, is the season that has where vampires first like come into play. But seasons one through five are excellent because it focuses on a singular story. So if anything, if you don't want to go past season five, season five would be a good ending because it's got a nice story arc to it and a good ending with season five. So, is my understanding is when they added vampires is when they started going downhill? What? Um, no, actually, it's, it's, <laughs> no, actually, no, that season was okay. I will say that. Oh, okay. That season I, was just, okay. I was just clarifying. I was like, wait, wait a second. <laughs> it's, all their fault. it's all their fault. No, no, no. It was season eight where it started to kind of like, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard once you've, once you've hit that many seasons, it's very difficult. Like, you're like at that hill, you know what I mean? Like that hill <laughs> yeah it's just like shows here need to know that when they've come to a decent conclusion they just need to not be afraid to be like that's yeah. it and yeah it's at a good point but over here it's just like good ratings more money let's just keep making seasons even though it makes no sense yeah and that's how it is a lot of the time in the horror genre like they they always they they either reboot stuff because it's everybody wants it and they've been asking for it or they're rebooting stuff because it's making money and um they're just basically beating that dead horse whenever they reboot stuff you know and it's it's so unfortunate but i don't know it's like you said if only they could just be okay with stopping and not like not worry about it too much about oh man what if what if we don't have something new to replace it? You know what I mean? Like, you can always come up with something. There's always some space for new stuff. Exactly! It's just like, let's not, like, remake and rehash the same old, like, beat that dead horse, and let's not make, like, ten of, like, you know, franchising. Horror has a big problem with franchising. Yes. Like, they feel like they must make more. <laughs> like, no. I think it's also just, um... Like especially for the big name titles, I think it's just not letting wanting to let that go. Um, a lot of people they want to get back to that feeling of when they first saw Michael Myers, um, when they first saw Freddy Krueger, and you know they want to relive that and maybe experience more of that particular horror uh, killer or um, like particular scenario. And I think that's really what it comes down to, too, is just, like, people just want that. And maybe that's what it is. I don't know. You could be right. It could just be all about the money and nothing else. But what what brings us back, I wonder, is is it that, like, almost wanting that first experience again? You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, You. Ha that's a different take on it. Just, like, almost like nostalgia then i take it is what you're getting yeah there. i guess so or um maybe not just so much nostalgia but wanting to experience it more or um like for example uh in hellraiser when you first watch the first hellraiser you're sitting there you're wondering like okay who are these cenobites who is where did these boxes come from why is this happening and like that sort of thing like you want to revisit it like you want to uh you want to come back to pinhead you want to come back to that world um not just because you were just like whoa what is this but just because you also wanted to learn more about it and i think that's something that's very interesting in the horror genre is that 
you have to build a world and there's so much to uncover in that world like people would love that you know man uh speaking of like horror worlds just like atmosphere is one of my favorite parts of any kind of like horror movie or horror games it's like you have to set that atmosphere and you have to set that tone otherwise just like what's the point of calling it a horror movie exactly yeah okay i'm trying to think here of another all right i have seen the new halloween so the the third i guess halloween too i guess in this, yeah in this whatever thing. they're wanting to call it <laughs> yeah, but i love the fact it's kind of steering away from vampires here a little bit no, but no, I, absolutely i love horror yeah. absolutely anything let's let's talk spoopy all right <laughs> so uh, i like the fact that halloween the recent one that came out is just a direct sequel to john carpenter's 1978 halloween because yes. john carpenter's just like nope we're just scrapping all those crappy sequels that's it this is just yep. a direct sequel, and I like that they took that approach just so much. Have you seen that movie? I completely agree with you, a hundred percent. Yes, I did. I went to see it when it came out. I did <laughs> but too. I was I did like, too. I'm gonna go. This is amazing. We're gonna have to go see it. I don't care if it's poop. I'm gonna go see it. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. I actually saw the original the night before. Um, I just sat down, watched it. And it was good. It was a good thing that I did because uh, when I went to watch the new one, I noticed that there was so many references to that first one, like just little nods that maybe like if you hadn't watched it in a while, like you might not have picked up on. And I thought that was really, really cool of them to do that. Um, But yeah, no, I thought it was really well done. Some people were kind of like iffy about it. I thought it was still really good. I, I do have, like, some of my own thoughts on it, but I still thought it was well-delivered, well-done, especially, like, you know, horror movie big successes or... <laughs> so, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, and I heard just pretty much, I hope they don't, like, make a sequel. I hope this is just, like, the end of it. And I don't yes. want Hollywood to be like, this made a lot of money, let's make another sequel. It's just, like... No! Right. I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's just pretty much just like, no, just the way you yeah, ended that's, it, it's like, that's no! That's it, like, don't do it. <laughs> like, don't you dare, I swear, if I see a sequel, I know, I, I completely agree. I completely, 100% agree. It's just, leave it. Just, it's beautiful the way it is, don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, because then you're pretty much gonna have to fully rethink the lore of Michael Myers and it's just, true. like, what he is. It's just, like, is he a supernatural being? Is he just a man? If he's the latter, then leave it be. If it's the former, okay, it's weird. They never fully established that before. So I think that's probably one of people's main issues. Like, who is Michael Myers? It's Yeah, that's so, really interesting. And I know they were trying to answer it in those sequels uh, that we will, I guess, try and forget about going forward. But they did try to, I think, establish, like, a reason why. But I think Michael Myers just works better as a horror slasher when you don't know why. When there isn't a reason for why he does what he does, it makes him just way more volatile unpredictable dangerous and i i think that's really what's most important for his particular persona 
to strike fear into people like this guy just walks up grabs whatever he can get his hands on a knife a hammer an axe whatever and he's gonna find a way into your house he's probably already blocked your exits and you're not gonna make it <laughs> like that's pretty scary like especially if you had no idea this was coming it just comes out of left field you know i think that is a really scary factor for michael myers yeah that they- yeah exactly it's what makes him like i agree with you it's what makes him so terrifying because in the first film dr lewis is just like well i spent this many years trying to treat him and then i've spent like all this time trying to keep him locked up because when yes. i looked into that boy's eyes what i saw is pure and simply evil and that's really yeah. all i need to know I don't need to have a giant convoluted backstory as to how Michael Myers came to be and why he suddenly decided to start killing people. I, I don't need right. all that. So, yeah. that's kind of just why uh, my thoughts on Rob Zombie's Halloween is just very uh-huh. kind of back and forth. Like, on the one hand, you could definitely tell that Rob Zombie loves Halloween. That right. he took great care to like also throw those little nods in there to the original but then also, it's like he spent a little bit too much time trying to, like, delve into the backstory of Michael Myers, which I'm kind of, like, 50-50 on. On the one hand, I appreciate it and don't mind it, but on the other hand, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, funny enough, I actually saw the Rob Zombie version of Halloween before I saw the original. <laughs> and from that kind of standpoint, I will say, like, for the longest time, I was like, wow, Michael Myers is not... I don't understand why everyone likes this guy. And that's not to say that Rob Zombie's um, like portrayal was bad or anything like that. It just, like like we've been talking about, that justification of his background humanized him so much that it just became less scary for me, especially with his, um, his relationship with his sister, quote-unquote. Um, <laughs> that that it just made him seem so like he had emotions and it was an interesting take um but looking at it when you look at the first halloween movie from john carpenter you're just thinking like all right the killers even though they they're the same you know john carpenter is just way more terrifying because of that violent ability you know so You've got Rob Zombie's version, and then you've got John Carpenter's version, and each of them were really interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go with John Carpenter's portrayal way more. It's just Rob Zombie, like you said, like you could tell there was a lot of love and care into that movie. It just wasn't, like, it just wasn't a good horror movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I completely get you there. The second one was just so weird. Rob Zombie's one was just like. What the hell is up with, like, that white horse? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just a lot of randomness in that movie, and it was it was very predictable, too. Like, mm-hmm. there were scenes where I'm like, okay, you're gonna, you guys are dead. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's only a matter of time. Like, but you're gonna die? You're gonna die? You're gonna die! <laughs> yeah, and I felt with the original Halloween, like, there were moments where you were thinking, oh, God, she's gonna die. She's gonna die. And then, like, it wouldn't happen. And you'd be like, okay um okay so it's not happening yet but you're just waiting you're like literally on the edge of your seat because you know it's gonna happen you just don't know when and i i really like that contrast between the two of them 
um, that that's a very interesting difference between Michael Myers, uh, Rob Zombie's version, and then John Carpenter's version as well. They were just very different. Play with your food, so to speak. Yeah, I never heard it put that way before. Play with your a play with your food version. <laughs> I, and I think that's what I liked about the original Halloween is that he was a bloodthirsty killer, but he wouldn't necessarily just go on a rampage per se. Like he would stalk people. He took his time. You could tell he actually enjoyed the process. And that's what made him even more terrifying because you were with him the whole time. You're like, I'm with a psychopath. <laughs> like, well, what am I watching? Right, one part that really particularly got to me it was when he um, killed a newsflash. People die in this movie. Okay, it's not a yes. spoiler alert. So, but <laughs> spoils. Whenever he killed that one girl's boyfriend and just like had yes. him pin up to the wall like with that knife, and he's just almost like an artist admiring his work as he's just like kind of tilting his yeah. head. It's just like so heads. creepy. Yeah, so creepy. <laughs> just even thinking about it just gives me chills. And, oh, it's so good. And one of my moderators in chat is saying that, speaking of John Carpenter, his music is amazing. I would it agree. John, oh, 100%. John Carpenter's music is a mood in itself. It's true. <laughs> he has amazing, like, to make only a couple keys sound the most terrifying. Michael Myers' Halloween theme song playing, you're looking around, you're, like, looking over your shoulder, like, Am I next? Yes. You like play a few bars, you know. That's Michael Myers. That's it. That's him. Have uh, a little off topic, but have you seen the um the guy on YouTube who plays the piano, the Michael Myers Halloween theme on the piano, going through drive-throughs? But he's he's got the mask and everything, and he'll play this song. I haven't seen the drive-through one, but I have seen like the elevator one. The elevator one. It's the same guy. It's so good. <laughs> I highly recommend it for anyone who hasn't yet gotten the chance to check that out. It's so funny. Yeah, because reactions are the best. <laughs> yeah, because I think I'd be the same way if I just suddenly saw. I opened the elevator and I saw a guy going. Oh yeah, I'd be out of there. I'd be like, out. Go. Bye. 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 I'm taking the next. Yeah, I want to live. Thank you. Because, but, it, yeah, it was funny, the people's reactions to that. It's just like, oh, yes. man. Eh, he's still, like, I'd have to say out of all the slashers, he creeps me out the most. I agree. Um, as as far as all the slashers, I completely agree. 100% Michael Myers um, definitely just has that scare factor. And I don't know. I think it's that intimidation yeah, if it wasn't for yeah. Michael Myers and Halloween, it wouldn't have started the slasher like genre of horror to begin with. I mean, yes, that's a good point. And because you had uh, Friday the 13th, which came out not long after Halloween. Um, of course. And then um, you have Nightmare on Elm Street, which was a creative slasher. I yes. like that strictly because of its creativity. A dude that kills you in your dreams. I mean... It's pretty spooky. I mean, like, what, what are you going to do? Stay awake? Good luck. <laughs> yeah, like, in the third one, and the third one, Dream Warriors, I think they tried to, like, kind of, like, help people out by saying, like, oh, look, there's this new experimental drug that blocks your ability to dream. And it's just like, well, you know, we have to dream. It's like we dream even when we don't remember it, so we're screwed, like, 24-7. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, like... Yeah, you're not gonna be able to like stay awake twenty four seven either. 
Oh yeah, no. And it's interesting because a lot of people, they they've told me like Freddy Krueger is actually the one that they're most terrified of, because of that reason. Where it's just like, what are you? You're, you you got to sleep someday, you know. And the first movie does it so brilliantly. Like they they drink ca- coffee, they do the caffeine pills, they're like trying to stay awake, play the rock music. You know. and their brains are like nope you're going yeah, to sleep yeah there's no way there's no way you're gonna you're gonna sleep and uh freddy's gonna get you yeah so a lot of it's very interesting a lot of people as far as slashers go freddy krueger is the one that a lot of people would not want to uh deal with <laughs> and i get for fair reasons yeah i can, yeah. I can definitely see why <laughs> right yeah let's uh yeah <laughs> And then with Jason, he teleports, apparently, and you can't ever kill him, so you're screwed there as far as that goes. Yeah, that's also a very interesting thing, the, the teleporting. Like, that is an actual, I guess, ability that the fandoms have just mm-hmm. accepted. They're just like, yeah, Jason can teleport. He, Yeah, he's a badass. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. And I want to, I want to visit that lake. Like, apparently, you get superpowers. Yeah, apparently so. What's in the water, at Crystal Lake? <laughs> and then also just the fact that the fandom has said that Jason is a demon of some sort, right. and that's kind of an interesting fan theory. There, it's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. It might be why he's hard to kill. Yeah, and um, and then of course Freddy Krueger is like a sleep demon. So you've got two slashers that are actually demons. How interesting! I I never made that connection. Oh. Whoa! I'm learning new things here tonight. Yeah, I, I was under the impression he made like a deal with a sleep demon, and that's that's why he he lives in the sleep realm. But I could be wrong. I'm not I I'm not an expert on slashers. Huh? Just like. And maybe it's like a theory or something too. It might be. I don't. I'm like I said. I, this is what I understood it because I've only watched like a couple of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, and uh, that was that was a theory that I picked up on. Like I I watched a lot of the YouTube videos of like the different like horror, of like enemies, villains, yeah, killers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, yeah, and I remember seeing that of his, and I was like, whoa, that explains a lot. Like, okay, that's interesting. That's why he feeds off the fear, like, that he's trying to create in the dreams, and that's why he has to kill you in the dreams. Like, okay, that kind of makes a little bit of sense, but maybe I'm wrong. I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, who, tell me. yeah, who knows? Fans are very good at coming up with theories as to behind just, like, the That's origins true. of their favorite killers and just like the whole weird th- fan theory too of um home alone where kevin McAllister grows up to be the saw the jigsaw killer <laughs> because like right. because of all the traps that he made in his house for the robbers that i guess he graduated to bigger gorier things yep yeah and saw was a very interesting uh series uh I, it's not really technically slasher what what i don't know what what would be like the correct terminology i call it torture porn but that's just what i call it uh yeah torture is definitely like a subgenre of horror and that's what a lot of saw was comprised of and it's right. just then you have the added element of well he's not really like maybe directly killing him he, right. he indirectly yeah. is by setting up the traps and the puzzles and things like that it's just like 
how much imagination would you have to have to like set up stuff like that? Just... Yeah, for real. Like yeah. you have to be really dedicated with this mission that he had, yes. right? So, ooh, that yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, it's just ooh. like, yeah, so like <laughs> the moral of the story is, is just like you live your life to its fullest, or Jigsaw will kidnap you, like put you in a room, force you to right. get out in like three hours. It's just, I would, I would hate to be one of his victims because. I freak out in games that have time limit, like, levels. So I'm like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, yeah. oh, crap. I gotta get out of here, I gotta get out of here. So. Oh, yeah. The stress of it? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no. No, thank you. No. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yes. Um, good point here. Someone in chat says, Jigsaw could be researching the limits of the human psyche, perhaps. Oh. Use, yeah. Using the victims it's... as his playthings. Ooh. Yeah. It's very interesting to see, like, what motivates a killer? And I think that's also going back to the whole Halloween sequels, right? Like, that's what people want to know. Like, why Why is Michael Myers the way he is? Um, why is Jigsaw the way he is? Why do they do what they do? And I think, like, somewhere deep inside these killers, like, maybe they think they're what they're doing is the right thing. Like, ooh. What if that's... What if they think they're the right ones? Ooh, and that's some of the creepiest villains to where they have their motivations to where they believe what they're doing is right and it's just like no obviously no you're wrong yeah. you are so totally like far off base right yes it's like incorruptibly evil you know you, you can't sway them from their mission they are dedicated to whatever it is they're going for and that's it's so creepy. <laughs> yeah, and Saw did that really well. It's where it's like, yes, Jigsaw had a reason for doing what he did, but it wasn't like they didn't beat you over the head with it and, like, try and go into too much detail. And, right. yeah, like, um, some of the best killers, like, they have their reasons for believing, like, what they're doing is right. You don't need to know their backstory, like, a good portion of the time, but if, right. the, if it's given, then if it's done well... I have no problem with it either way. Right. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think it's just such a difficult balance to find um, in any horror genre. Like when you have the killer or the bad guy, quote unquote, how do you present them? Because how you present them is going to ultimately decide what your horror movie, game, book, is going to do you know what i mean um if you humanize it like rob zombies michaels myers it might take away from that horror element but if you just leave it then we get sequels <laughs> yeah it's just like it just depends on just like what route that you take and i'm trying to think of a killer that was kind of humanized but done well as of recently i don't know if you can think of one off the top of your head but i'm having a hard time i kind of felt sorry for jigsaw like you know is it right yeah because of the fact yeah. that he was dying of cancer and just pretty much projecting his anger just like well look at me like i would like to live and i'm dying i have this terminal illness i'm dying and then like here are all these people pretty much just like he says, um, they're not counting their blessings. He says he's sick of people that don't count their blessings. Right, like... yeah. I think it's very interesting because when I think of killers or the villains, a lot of times they were at some point the victim. Um, 
like you have Jason who was bullied, um, you know, drowned in the lake because none of the counselors came to save him. Um, so he was bullied and that in turn fueled his rage. Um, Freddy Krueger, same deal. He was bullied as a kid, turned around and just snapped. Like, decided to go after the kids of his, uh, of the bullies from his childhood. And it's just very interesting to see what those triggers are and to see that at some point, some of these killers used to be victims. Not all of them. I'm sure there's like examples of so many where there's just like, no, it's just an evil force that's just trying to kill you. Um, but <laughs> some of these they have some background where it's just like you you used to be a victim and you've turned around and now you've become stronger so good job on you for doing that but now now you're not taking shit from anybody <laughs> like right. nobody's safe from you yeah, and uh, yeah it's like you kind of went the opposite direction there right, yeah like, it's just very interesting to see um some of that humanization come in but it has to be done well like this is what we've been talking about right like it yeah. has to be done well because if you don't if you don't you risk completely uh, like your audience will be like oh they're just a poor innocent sad person like i feel bad for them i don't feel you know i i don't feel bad that they killed joe schmo over there like joe schmo is probably a douchebag like i don't know <laughs> like i feel bad for the killer and when you do that, you've completely ruined your horror movie, um, I feel. Like, that's my opinion, personally, but, like, it just... Yeah. What can you do with that, you know? Um, and I'm trying to think of, like, a perfect example of that, and I just... I don't know if I can. I, I'm sure there are so many out there, but... Yeah, it's, for me, it's hard to just, like... Right? And then, like, after the fact, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I should have said him. Right, exactly. At the at the end, you're just like all your brain will be like. By the way, I was holding these for you. <laughs> it's like, gee, thanks, brain. Why didn't you like come yeah. after me? Like whatever I needed it. I am trying to think. Okay. Um, you know what was a very interesting horror movie that wasn't necessarily where there was like an evil person per se okay. was Rosemary's Baby. Oh, there's another classic. Right? I actually recently watched that um, because everybody's like, oh, you've got to watch it. It's like on like the top 10 horror movies of our time kind of deal. And I was like, I've never seen this. So I watched it. And it's very interesting because there's not like one specific person that you could just be like, you you are like the bad guy. Because it's, it's a lot of things happening all at once. And... Uh, that's a very interesting horror movie because they also thought that what they were doing was the right thing. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, that's, I think that's what makes people or movies about people. That's, I think that's the key element for that is when they think what they're doing is right, that's when it's just like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's what makes them like even more dangerous. Oh, and someone else in chat also brought up, and some killers are not human at all, like Pennywise, for example, and right, it. Exactly. Ooh, Pennywise is a good example from it. Oh my God, what a creepy ass bad guy. <laughs> 
Yeah, Stephen, Stephen King has his ways of just, like, you know, scaring the piss out of people. Oh, you know, actually, I just thought of someone, you know, Stephen King brought this up. Carrie. Carrie's a perfect example of a villain that, like, you, you want, you like. Like, it's, she's the horror element that you're just like, like, go, girl, go! <laughs> oh, man, yeah, the original is a classic. Right, yes. Isn't that, like... Don't, isn't Johnny Depp in that one? Who? Uh, wait. Uh, no, no, no. John, John Travolta. Travolta. Johnny Depp. Yes. You're thinking he was in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Thank you. Yes, I was like, no, he was in something else. Yeah, John Travolta, young John Travolta. Oh my God, <laughs> baby face, John Travolta. So it's like, oh, but yeah, Carrie is just like, I felt just really bad for her, and it's just yes. like, it's like, well, like you know, I definitely understand like why you're pissed off and why you burned exactly, down the yeah. gym, but. It's kind of, like, very extreme. Like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> oh. It's like you want to, on the one hand, you're just like, <laughs> yes, you go, girl. Like you said, on the other hand, you're just right, like... Right, exactly. But, but, but why? It's like... But yeah, then there's, like, literally everybody has to die. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, I think I remember... I don't know. In, in the book, because I have read the book, too, that only 12 survived from that uh, senior class is only because they weren't in the gym at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that... It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. And, like, that is a good example of the quote-unquote bad guy being the, like... Like, we're having this, like, hard time like empathizing with her because it, like like you said like it it was brutal what she ended up doing and in some ways you're just like well it's justified i guess but i mean everybody died <laughs> like that's pretty harsh but going back to the whole victimization um and then forcing of the killer that's really interesting um just watching a killer just snap really interesting and i think carrie does that really really well yeah because it's almost just like that was the moment when she had the pig's blood dumped her it's like that's it i've had yeah. it that was yeah. like her trigger yeah, it's interesting to see that point just what causes him to snap yeah exactly and uh and it's just you never know what a person is going through like and i think that's what's really interesting about carrie is that most of her classmates had no idea what was going on in her home in her home life and uh that's something like i also talk about on my stream sometimes it's like you never know who's on the other side of that camera or game or whoever you're acting with or interacting with or talking to you just never know what that person is going through um, and so when you push their buttons or you make them mad or you say things like really mean things like you you just never know what kind of mental state that person is in i'm not saying like everybody's gonna snap and turn into a like serial killer and kill people at the gymnasium but you just never know um and i think carrie really highlights that fact that you know like in our day and age this can this kind of stuff can happen i mean might not get the psychic abilities you know set an entire gymnasium on fire but you know people are bullied and then they have reactions to that and most of the time it can like they get stronger from it but it can also cause problems and i think carrie really illustrates that very well where it's just like you know 
you don't know what that person's going through. Why you shouldn't bully people just because like why? Like why? You just you why? <laughs> so that's something I really liked about Carrie personally. Um yeah. Going back to the whole humanization factor of a horror movie. And even then you're like, well, I do feel sorry for you, but and then there was like that big but but maybe <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Like, maybe you should have given payback to the people who deserved it. Maybe not, like, all the other people that had nothing right. to do with it. The innocent people. Right. Because, of course, you had the jerks that bullied her. And then you had the others that maybe were just, like, they left her alone because maybe she thought they thought she was weird. And just, like, no, not everybody had to die, Carrie. Just get your, get your vengeance on the people that deserved it. <laughs> what I really liked about the original movie that wasn't necessarily done in the newer one um, the, the older one, the acting was kind of like, oh, that's, that's some acting. Um, but I really liked the fact that at that scene, um, where, you know, the, the blood comes down and everything, she's looking out into the audience and for like a scene, it shows that everyone gets quiet. Everyone is quiet, like not sure what to do, but then her own paranoia and her mom's voice and her mom's paranoia comes into play in that moment and she sees that everybody's laughing at her even though no one is laughing at her because no one else has like no one else agrees that this is like a good thing the only person that's laughing is one of the girls i think who yeah. actually is part of the prank yeah. um but everyone else is quiet and it's really interesting to see that that like like we were talking about like she finally snaps and even though it's she she sees the reality as something different and that's why i guess she just decides to like kill all these innocent people is because she thinks well they're all laughing at me even though they weren't and uh it didn't matter because she was in such a vulnerable scared state that she just you know, she just let let loose, so to speak. Yeah, just like fuck all y'all. Just I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So that 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 was a very interesting scene. Um, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't copy that over to the new movie. Um, I know. Like just... they made it, and then that's uh that and then it kind of it was almost in a way trying to justify her actions in that moment. Because I guess, like, maybe the director was like, oh, well, if everybody's laughing at her, then maybe the audience will be okay with her killing everybody, <laughs> I guess. I don't know, but I felt like it really um, took away from the snapping of her psyche that the first movie portrayed. Yeah, it's just like, I had to wonder just, like, why, why they did that. Right. And I know it's, like, a small change, like, VT, why are you... Why are you even getting upset about it? But it's a big deal. Like, it changes so much of her story. Like, it makes her more of a victim um, than just, you know, feeling like she's just a brainwashed um, person that's just finally, like, snapped. Um, you know, like, like she was in the first movie. You know, her mom was brainwashing her, basically. Oh, and uh, I feel like in, this, in the remake, they took they took that away a little bit and um yeah it's like they kind of watered it down maybe because they were afraid of what people like might say it's yeah just that, like no that's what i like about the first movie because that mother was bad shit oh, oh my she God. was great great oh my gosh um 
so funny. I don't know if you've ever seen or like read any of the behind the scenes for that movie. But the mom, she couldn't stop laughing. She couldn't believe that there would be a person out there that was like this. And so like between her lines, she would actually have to like stop because she was laughing. She was like, this is so over the top. Like yeah, I I could see that, <laughs> but she was she just thought it was the funniest thing. She was like, "There's no way, there's someone, there are people out here like this." And it's just like, yeah, you never know, you know. And there's you can think that it, it's out there, you know what I mean? Oh god, I can't. You, that's like so far removed, really, probably from what you know. It's like, oh, haha, yeah, they're not really like religious nuts out there like that. It's like. Yeah, there are. <laughs> I've heard stories. Right, yeah. And that's just, like, kind of crazy, too. Just, like, that paranoia also yeah. was probably, oh, yeah. in a sense, um, projected onto Carrie. Kind of froze there for a second. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I see that. I'm like... <laughs> but, okay... So let's kind of start into the wind down portion here. And let me ask chat if anybody has any questions for our lovely guest here. And while we're waiting on these questions, uh, why don't you sell yourself? So where are you located on social media and Twitch? Um, when do you stream next? What's your schedule like? So just sell yourself, girl. All right. So. Again, I am Vampire Toy. You can find me on Twitch at Vampire Toy. I'm also Vampire Toy Gaming, I believe, on Instagram, which is where we got a little confused. It's okay. I have, like, my, my names are everywhere. And on Twitter, I'm Felix the Heart. Um, that's just a Twitter account that I've... You can come find me on Twitch at Vampire Toy. I do stream Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, and Mondays. Each day is a different theme. Friday is going to be, hopefully, if everything works out perfectly, I'm going to be playing The Forest. I haven't visited The Forest in so long because my PC couldn't handle it. But I bought new PC parts, so hopefully we get a... We get my computer going. I call him Frankie because I put him together myself. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so for cute. Frankenstein. That's so um, cute. So yeah, I'm gonna hopefully play the forest this Friday if everything works out perfectly. Um, but I do DVD on Saturdays and then Sundays are survival Sundays. So um, things like the forest, don't those kinds of things. And then Mondays more of a relaxed day where I just hang out, play marbles. We did Mad Libs a couple weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. So that's what I do. I hope I can get to know you all a little Oh, I played Dead by Daylight a lot. And so since I heard that you play it on Saturdays, then yeah, maybe a collab here in the future. Heck yes. I love DVD. I love it. It's one of the best right now as far as like multiplayer horror games it's one of the best out there I, I do agree with you there it's just like the developers are on top of their game oh I love it and you can't beat playing as one of your favorite it's like come on <laughs> I know so good so nice 
Even though I'm bad at killer, I mainly play as survivor. Mmm, <laughs> same. Okay, perfect. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to get this DVD party started. <laughs> yes, definitely. I will definitely be talking with you on Discord later about that. Yay, Yay! Absolutely. Okay, so we've got a couple questions here. So Silver Trigger says, speaking of vampires, favorite vampire flick and vampire game, if you have one. Ooh, favorite vampire flick, like a movie? Uh-huh. Um, hmm. My favorite. Like, ooh. Oh, hold on. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think, like, if I could only watch one vampire movie for the rest of my life, what would it be? Hmm. You gave her a tough question, Definitely Silver. tough questions. Uh-oh. Um, favorite vampire flick might have to... That's a tough one. I don't know. I. You stumped her, Silver. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> I'm just like, it's hard to pick one of my favorites because they're all, they're all my favorites. <laughs> so there, no, you, I, there you go, Silver. She's giving you the cop out answer. I'm giving you the cop out answer. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I think <sighs> that's a really tough one, just because I love so much of what other vampire movies have done like i said in the beginning it's cherry picking what's your favorites um it might have to be tied between interview with a vampire and maybe underworld because i really liked the take on underworld where it was like they're vampires but they they have a twist and i kind of liked their twist on that as well so it's kind of a split between those two I think I'm going to stick with my answer. What was the second part of that question? I was just, like, stumped by the first one. I was like, oh. Uh, uh, a favorite vampire game, if you have one. Ooh, favorite vampire game would have to be... I really liked... Uh, I tried out Vampire the Masquerade, uh, vamp, uh, Bloodlines. That, that game is pretty good. Uh, I like that it's a little on the older side. It kind of... It, it almost gives me, like... Um, like Morrowind, Oblivion, like old school 90s game. Like I just, I really like visiting it. It was almost nostalgic when I visited that. And such good vampires, classic game. A lot of people recommended it to me. So I'm really glad that I got a chance to try it out. But I really liked uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Um, and surprisingly, I actually really liked Vampire with a Y, the one that came out like this summer this last summer oh vampire yes and uh, i played a little bit of that and i kind of liked it i liked how it was it was a tough game like it it wasn't gonna hold your hand um you could change things around a little bit and influence the events um and i kind of liked that uh, very different a lot of people didn't really like it too too much but i thought it was really well done as far as like a vampire game goes so i thought that one was good yeah, I haven't played that yet strictly because I heard it was really buggy on release, so I wanted to kind of wait on that one. Right, yeah. Um, it's definitely, like, I haven't personally come into any into any contact with bugs on that game. It's not to say it won't happen, but, um, but I think there were just minor things that bothered me about that game, but I, but I, it, th that was just because of the vampire lore, um, 
and they were still they still addressed the things that I was just like uh huh this isn't in here and then they would address it and I'm like oh okay I'll just I'll be quiet now. <laughs> oh, <hi. laughs> All right, then another question here is um, the Anita Blake vampire series, yay or nay? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, Anita Blake. So I guess she wrote a series of vampire books. Are you familiar with those? Who? I have not, and I'm I'm gonna look it up right now. Anita Blake. Uh huh. Cause, oh, this... sorry. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Okay. I looked at this, but now I'm kind of like, hmm, this is some more stuff for me to delve into. There's so much with the vampire like culture. There's so much like to unpack. Um, I have not looked into Anita Blake. It does look interesting. It's interesting mainly because this looks like it's from the point of view of a vampire hunter. So, like, instantly looking at it, I was like, ooh. Because of my previous experience with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's what I'm going to be basing a lot of, like, comparisons on. But I will still, like, I'll enjoy it and I'll still read it independently of that bias. And then I'll, I'll compare and be like, hmm. But it looks interesting. This is a, it's a novel series and it's like comic books too. That's actually really interesting. Thank you guys for sharing this. I will have to check it out. Yeah, so um, she's got some new and interesting things to delve into. As far as um, like comic books though, I will say uh, a really good manga series that I really, as far like with vampires and everything was Helsing and oh. I, I don't know if many people know about that but it was really really well done it was one of my favorite mangas growing up to read I think uh but it was good it was a very interesting art style as well so I love vampire comic books definitely if you guys have titles for stuff that I have not mentioned please send them my way. I'm always looking for more vampire stuff to sink my things into. <laughs> so, so <to> definitely. Speak. <laughs> uh, right, um, blood, so, uh, Silver goes, Blood Rain is good too, but kind of stiff control camera-wise. Yes, Blood Rain, really classic. How can we forget Blood Rain? Such a classic. One of the game vampires, if I'm not mistaken, unless there was somebody else trying to think but blood rain is like yeah that classic yeah. very classic all right and i was a, oh i was a buffy fan and angel oh the spinoff yes, angel yes and the anime of helsing kicks ass too that's what yes. glavia said i'm trying to think okay a vampire game that i would not recommend dracula the last sanctuary if you Ooh. haven't played it Okay, now you may want to play it because I'm saying don't play it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why, why is this so bad? But, oh my god. There are puzzles. What are we talking here? <laughs> so, there are puzzles in that game. And while I'm okay. kind of like, oh, puzzles, damn it. Uh, but, um, there in some games, puzzles are just like, you know, well, it's tough, but there's always a way that you can figure it out without, like, having to, like, with this game, yeah, it's, I, I I don't know. It's you. They really. It gives you no clues. The puzzles are oh, there really wow. for no reason. 
And it's just like, I had to use a walkthrough for the entire game. And I have wow. never had to do that before. Ever. That, that's... That's unfortunate. <laughs> so I was just like, oh my gosh, Dracula, the last sanctuary. You're going in to like finally kill him. This is going to be awesome. And then I got into it. And it's just like, I just want to get through this game. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I just want to finish it at this point just so I could be done with it. Yeah, it's just like one of those instances where you finish, just finish the game just purely out of spite. You've already gotten through it like halfway through it. You're just like, I, I, I'm finishing it. Yeah. Uh, at that point, you're just like, I'm already almost done. I might as well just commit. It's like playing Jumanji. You just gotta finish it, man. <laughs> and that's, yeah, definitely a good uh, comparison <laughs> there. Just get it done out of the way. But yeah, I would recommend not playing that game. Because you're gonna need a, right. a walkthrough to get through the entire game, and it's just gonna frustrate you. Yeah, there's some games out there. It's just, it's a, so unfortunate that they have built them in that way. It's like, I know you coded your game, you could probably play it in your sleep, but what about the rest of us? <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah, I hate puzzles already, so just kind of throw me a bone here. <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's, and it, that's a hard balance to, to get as well as when you're playing a puzzle game. Um, you don't want it to detract from the actual gameplay too much either. Because then it reaches like frustration levels where you're just like, that's it, I've had it. Screw yeah. this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's a game that I would recommend just like avoiding at all costs. All right, perfect. So, it's not on my list. <laughs> so yeah, just strike it off your list if it was ever on there at one point. Perfect. <laughs> so if you have to watch it, find someone who's like done it on YouTube and just like watch it through there. Okay, yeah. No, that's a good idea. That's, you know, a lot of, a lot of times that's the best thing you can do. Just because there's so many games out now, it's almost gonna be impossible to play all the games that ever come out now just the industry is just not it's just not possible um so definitely i love jumping into youtube videos and just watching the playthroughs of, of these games especially if they're a little on the older side oh definitely because just like wow i dodged a bullet there Look, yeah, exactly. Let me pause here for a second because we've got a raid coming into the channel. What? what? This is the first raid I have ever had on a podcast day. So welcome, Nerd Camp. It's a Nerd <laughs> Camp welcome. raid. Screams loudly. Ah! I'm sorry the alerts didn't come on, but I have them turned off for podcast day. So, oh yes, Yam Fam Love, welcome. And everyone, this was my guest vampire toy we have just Hello. been nerding out about horror and vampires and all sorts of stuff for almost almost an hour and a half Whoa. what <laughs> time flies when you're talking horror. <laughs> i know oh my lord so love Ooh. oh my gosh so let me introduce myself to the nerd camp okay i am brandy kins You've caught me on a special day, because this is podcast day, Terrific Talk Day, where I've been talking with a lovely member of the Twitch community, Vampire Toy. We've been nerding out about horror, about vampires, about all sorts of horror stuff, and we've just, it's just, time has just flown by. But I am, this is one of my off days, but I am usually live Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday at 6 p.m. Central Time, where I play horror games. Who knew, right? I mean, who would have guessed? Right. 
Um, thank you so much for the love and the follows. Welcome, welcome. Violet, how are you? How was your stream? <laughs> I just had to like, I didn't want to just be like, oh God, this raid. Like, I'm going to totally ignore it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, totally. <laughs> welcome raiders. We love to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Randykins is bomb. Oh, and the I'm- The zombomb. The zomb- the zombomb. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to remember that one. <laughs> she has just been, she has just been like on the ball with like these quips and just like these different ways of thinking <laughs> about things. And it's just like, wow. It's just like, I had just like- Thank you. That's so sweet of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I've been talking with her just like a little bit like on and off, like over the last like month. And so it was just like, it's so, this is like pretty much our first official face-to-face -face meeting. And it's, it's just true. been- It's true. It's been- This is the beginning. Oh. Undead relationship. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> this this is this is my this is my life. By the way, I make these all the time. That that's awesome. Oh, gotta I, gotta go D wig. So I'll be right back. No problem. Enjoy the D wig. <laughs> oh, how awesome! So for any of the new raiders who have come in, does anybody have any questions for our guests about anything horror related, vampire related? Yeah. So we won't end quite yet. So we'll okay. we'll start. We'll kind of extend just a little bit more for our lovely yeah. writers here. So okay, so one of the things that you did mention um, in our messages is that you talked about how your channel is going to be moving more towards a suicide awareness and blood donation direction in 2019. So kind of talk yes. about that. What made you decide to go in that direction? Oh, so. Uh, um... Yeah, 2019, lots of changes coming to the channel, but those are the big ones. Um, blood donation for me has actually always kind of been a thing that I've enjoyed doing. Um, I know it sounds kind of weird, but to be honest, I have uh, O negative blood. So that is the universal donor. Uh, everybody can accept O negative blood. However, O negative blood, we can only accept O negative blood. <laughs> But um, because of that, it, my blood is considered like one of the more like sought after. Um, so uh, donating blood, I, I would do it every once in a while. But now going forward, I'm trying to see if I can maybe go in dressed up as a vampire. I'm going to be talking to the some of the Red Cross people about it and just making sure like, is this okay if I live stream me going in and just bring, bringing this awareness and talking about it. Um, so that's in the works right now. Oh, um, the wow. suicide awareness is something else um, that I've just... It's actually a, the main reason why I started Twitch streaming. Um, this is something I actually have not talked to my channel about yet. So this is a very interesting time to be bringing this up. Um, but uh, suicide awareness was the main reason why I decided to officially start Twitch. Um, one of my friends actually introduced me to Twitch streaming. She no longer streams on Twitch, but um, she was very like, hey, you should make an account, you know, in case you ever want to get into it. It could be something you, you could do. Um, because at the time I was thinking more like I want to do YouTube. I, you know, I used to watch a lot of Markiplier. Um, I used to be kind of depressed in college. So I'd watch like Game Grumps, Markiplier, um, not so much PewDiePie, but I'd watch like um, Jacksepticeye, you know, just ah, all these people that yeah. were like funny and uplifting, like very positive, you know, and I, it used to help me a lot with my depression when I was in college. So 
to me, I was just like, I'm giving back because I kind of wanted to, I wanted to have that same energy and, and uh, give back in that sort of way where like, in case somebody else is also going through a hard time, maybe I can help cheer them up and make them laugh and like through horror, you know, just the, the idea of like picking yourself up and trying it over and over again until you get it. I feel like that's a lot of what horror is. Like you're going into it blind. You don't know what you're doing. You're just scraping your knees, but it's okay. Get up and try again. Um, so I really liked that, but she introduced me to Twitch and it was something completely different. Um, you get this one-on-one -on -one interaction with people and it's instant. And I thought that's really, really cool. Like this is a really interesting platform that you can just talk to people and they can talk to you and it's more like you're more involved. you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and I like that. I like that a lot. And so I was playing with the idea of, well, maybe I should be a Twitch streamer. Maybe I should just do more stream. Like maybe Twitch is what I should be doing, but I was kind of like, beating around the bush, not really committing to it, you know what I mean? And it wasn't until, like, this is almost weird to say, but almost a year ago, at the end um, of, like, the last year, like, I was just waffling and whiffling around with the idea. And then um, a very infamous video got posted, and uh, I... Mm -hmm. It, it struck me really deep and like it was very close to home because um, I've lost a friend to suicide and it was a video about like someone being very insensitive to suicide I don't want to say any names I'm sure people are already like I know what you're talking about I'm like mm. I, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about that, it, that hit me. it pissed me it off. hit me in the mouth like just seeing that video and just the the controversy that's really what just shook me was the controversy the aftermath like how was it being handled and it i was just at that point i was like i know what i need to do um so i sold everything <laughs> pretty much like i i gathered all my stuff uh and like i got rid of like my art tablet i got rid of a lot of stuff like and I saved up money to make Frankie, who is my computer. You know, for those of you coming in late, like Frankie is my computer. I put him together myself. I have no idea about technology or anything, but I I was on a mission basically. So um, I sold all my stuff, bought Frankie's parts, put Frankie together by myself. Everybody was like, "Are you sure you know what you're doing? Is this what you?" I I did it. Um, I taught myself to put together a computer. I put together my entire channel single-handedly and I started streaming. I was just like, it's, I, I set a date and I started streaming and I was just like, this is what I need to do. That... And I just, oh, I'm getting all fired up now just talking about oh, it. Like, oh, you know what? Oh. I love to see that because it just shows that you have passion for what you do and yeah. for you to take a negative moment like that like you said that video was pretty much just like your kickstarting point you took yeah. what a potentially negative situation and turned it around into just like something positive to where you could raise that awareness and that's just it's so it's just i just got kind of like ooh, just like seeing that passion 
just about it and how I could tell just like this is an issue that's really important to you. Yes, so. and um, I feel that because that's where my channel started from, like the fires that birthed it basically, that that's the torch that I kind of want to carry going forward into 2019. This whole year was basically me kind of figuring out how does Twitch work? What is the community like? Um, how does how do I even live stream? Like I <laughs> had no idea. I was just like, I have no idea. Um, and luckily with time, I got some really supportive people, some amazing mods and people coming in and like some people kind of know that this is the story behind the channel, but I haven't really come out to talk about it yet. Like this is actually the first time I've really verbalized it. So thank you so much for being a safe place for me to talk about oh. this. It really means a lot. But yeah, like it's just, um, it's something that really is close to my heart. Um, it so it was natural that this is where I'm going to be going and uh, it's really interesting to me because I have seen people come in um, to my channel and they are you know sometimes they have a bad day but then by the end of the stream they're like wow I'm really glad I came by like you really cheered me up and you know like I do try to reach out to people because I I'm not he really here on Twitch to make money I'm here to um, just kind of be human to people. And I feel like we as a society have moved away from that. And uh, I know it seems almost unrealistic, but I do try to reach out to people like if they're sick or they're going through a hard time, you know, I try to really reach out to them and let them know like, you're not alone. Like, you know, we have people here that care about you. You know, we miss you. Um, just trying to make sure like people feel like they aren't suffering alone, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And it's just like my community can attest to this too as well. I, I'm a warrior. So if I haven't seen someone around like in a couple of days, I'm just like, yeah. my mind immediately goes to, oh my God, like, where are you? Are you okay? Like, what's exactly. happening? Like, what's yes. going on? Like, I worry like too much. But that's also the, the awesome thing about Twitch is that you could build just your own little corner of it. You could have your kind of weird, yeah. happy little family. It's true, and it's that's what it is. It is basically like you're finding your family here. You know, someone you're gonna find your family here somewhere on Twitch. Like you will find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, that's just, uh, I get like so excited just thinking about Twitch. But I wanted to like point some a couple things out here that um, now not only are you a part of our little family, the Brandy Bunch. Uh, Silver just gifted you a sub to this channel. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. Thank you so much, Silver Trigger. I appreciate that. Thank you. And so you're also now a part of what I like to call the bunker. So whoever's in this, like a sub is a part of the bunker. <laughs> Heck yes. yes. I'm safe. <laughs> yes. And um, looks like Silver also gifted a sub to that nerd Violet. You're awesome. Thank you so much for that as well. And a Neuropilot mentioned something uh, here. Uh, one streamer I watch, Emod, keeps the crisis hotline number on the overlay and channel info. Hey. Something that I am going to be working on these next couple weeks, because 2019, I'm just going to be doing that kind of thing where um, I actually want it for uh, both uh, the United States, because there's like two separate numbers. There's one for the United States, and then I think there's a like a, a completely like Europe 
one. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to try and do both because I do know that I not only do I get US people, I get people in Europe as well. And um, like, so I want to make sure like both are being, you know, advertised and provided for people, definitely providing those resources for people. Um, and the stream is more someplace where I want it to be like a fun, like, you know, leave your worries at the door, leave your troubles at the door. And then the discord is really where I want the meat of resources to be not excluding the stream because like I said I, I would love to have that the the number is a great idea um, but I definitely want the discord to be the place where like if people need somebody to talk to or resource um, they can go there and reach out to somebody and everyone in my community is super kind they will I, their kindness surprises me but in a good way not like in a bad way or anything like it surprises me how empathetic and helpful these people are and that's really what i'm wanting like i want to bring out the good in people ironically even though i'm like i'm dressed as a vampire and i'm playing horror <laughs> games you know like you know like i still think we as people should treat each other as best as we can because again going back to that whole you don't know who's behind that screen you don't know what someone's going through in their private life and even if they treat you like poop you know like <laughs> it, it sucks you know but at the same time you don't really know if like that's their way of coping with what's going on in the background for their life and even though you're like well fuck you just screw you you know whatever uh, at the same time like you could just i don't know it's i feel like you could be perpetuating a problem and that's definitely like it's it's a hard line to cross yeah definitely it's just man this issue is like some for some people it's just really hard to talk about but and one person in my chat part of my community says i honestly haven't seen a streamer be so aware of depression and so caring for everyone's lives you've earned yourself a follow and that comes oh, from heck Lance yes. Fancy Pants. thank you so you're just like getting like all the love from the bunch tonight just all thank the you. love you guys are awesome thank you so much and it looks like okay neuropilot has given you a link in chat of the list of su suicide crisis lines and another link to the suicide prevention lifeline so neuropilot has provided yes. some links for you for some resources for you Perfect. to look at later thank you thank you so much and it's just wow it's, it's also yeah it's refreshing to me to see someone just like tackle the hard topics because especially with things like um depression and um mental illnesses yeah sometimes people are just like well what is this how do i approach this really without yeah it is a very sensitive conversation it's a very sensitive topic um i the best way i i found to approach these conversations is to you have to have this like this energy of like you care about the person regardless of what they have done and that can be kind of difficult to do um for some people you know like but i try i don't know like i try to make it so that people understand like people are gonna mess up constantly we're human um you know there are some things where i'm just like okay come on but i feel like with depression and suicide they are very like sensitive topics but 
at the same time, I think if you're coming from a place of genuine compassion and you you show people like, you know, there are better ways to handle this. You can do this. You're a very strong individual, capable of like, that's what I always say, like you're capable of more than you even realize. And that I always try to end my stream with that because it's very true. And I feel like when we are, um, when we get depressed, sometimes it is like biological um, and, you know, maybe it's genetic uh, or chemical, you know, something going on. But I feel like a lot of the times when we get down on ourselves, it's because we're in a situation that we can't really control or like we feel like we're just not powerful in that moment. And I don't know, I just I've always tried to be this person where I, I try to look at the positives of things like people come to me with bad news, I turn it around, I'm like, well, you know, at least you dodged a bullet there, or, you know, like, <laughs> just, I try to do that, and I don't know, that's just my personality, and so I feel like um, with these topics, when people know who I am, and I'm approaching them as a friend, they know I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke up their butt, you know, like, I'm actually genuinely, like, hey, I'm concerned about you, I haven't heard from you, like, you know, you, you kind of scaring me, like, you know, like what's going on? You know, I'm worried. And uh, it's good to tackle these topics and to break the silence as, as it's said, because who else is going to do it? Sometimes we suffer in silence. We don't even reach out to people. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, sometimes the most depressed people are the people who don't reach out. But I try to I still try to like check like you do you know like you, you've got yeah. your brandy bunch right yeah. checking in on them you know just like oh you know what's happening and just like these topics need to happen like these conversations need to happen and uh sometimes you just gotta i think a lot of times people are more afraid of how other people are going to react when you reach out mm. to do that you know what i mean true I had that kind of stigma there. It's like, well, they do, do they even want me to talk to exactly, them? Exactly, yeah. And it's just like, you know what? I worry about you. I don't care. I haven't seen you, like, uh, one of my mods, Silver, I haven't seen him, hadn't seen him in two days. And I was exactly. just like, oh my god, where are you? What happened? And he's just like, comes back like, it's okay. My internet has just been out for the last two days. I'm fine. Like, oh, because we always like to yeah. go to the worst case <laughs> scenario in our minds. Like, oh my god, what happened? Exactly. But, and then I think if it's just coming from a place of love and not necessarily like I worry, you know, like yeah. I think people can genuinely tell like that you care. That's you, you can't fake caring. Right. And yeah, people could definitely tell just even like, you know, if you're like just streaming, whether you're not being like the true version of yourself. It's true. People know. They, oh, absolutely. They can pick up on it. Like, wow, we've covered a lot of topics today, just like from it's gone. It's, it's awesome. And just also something else that I wanted to mention, just like um, whenever you talk about, like, say someone's having issues or having a bad day, it's just like, so how do you approach it when they pretty much, they feel like they're at their breaking point? Do you recommend, is that why also you want to include the resource links? Like, do you recommend like, okay, I feel like you need to talk to somebody? Like yeah, so um, sometimes I will have those uh, those like, red alerts, right? Mm -hmm. um, where you know I have messaged people because um, I'm concerned and uh, really very lucky, lucky and blessed that they um, 
you know, that they did respond back. I've never had any like serious like issues. So that's a good thing. Um, but because I'm not really a trained professional, right. I, I can't really like, I, I tell them straight up, you know, I'm not a trained professional. Can't do anything like that for you. However, if you need someone to talk to, I am here. If you don't feel comfortable talking to me, here are these resources. So, um, you know, depending on where they're from, I will, you know, link whatever they, they have available to them. Um, I like to do a like phone call, like a phone number calling center, and then also like a text messaging or like a, mm -hmm. a messaging app of some sort that they can use in case they don't want to call somebody. Cause I know that can be a little bit of a weird thing for them. Yeah. And then I also encourage, you know, like, is there, you know, is there somebody you can talk to who genuinely will care and listen to you? Because if there's nobody, like, you know, some people come from really bad, like, bad yeah. backgrounds and stuff. If there's, if there's nobody, is there any way that you can find somebody, like a friend or maybe a professional, like a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counselor, somebody who can listen to you and talk with you? Because I feel like um, I can send you a message back and forth. But that's not helping matters because right now you're feeling disconnected. And um, I feel like you can have more of an impact in helping people if you are physically there. That's not to say that, like, if you send a message, it's not going to, like, do right, any wonders right. or whatever. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying um, sometimes when people are down, it's better that they connect on a person-to-person -person basis so that's something that I recommend for them. Like, go find somebody, go talk to somebody, because obviously you're you're in so much pain right now that you're talking to me and I'm a complete stranger. Um, you know, like you need go you need to talk to somebody. And sometimes they they're not really interested in talking to other people, and that's fine. So I you know I I will talk to them and I'll you know let them know like, well you always do have me. We can always chat. Like you know. I know you we bear, we don't even know each other in real life but yeah. we're friends like don't don't worry about that like I will listen you know I'm not biased it's gonna be okay so I do try to do that kind of thing um again like it it really depends on the person and it will depend on the situation but the resources are really helpful um for people and then I think also as far as the stream in case people don't feel like reaching out having those resources already there at you know people like wherever people need it would be a good idea so that in case they don't want to bring up bring upon them like uh this awareness like oh so and so is you know a little depressed you know in case they don't feel comfortable sharing that that's totally fine so that's kind of what the direction i want to take the channel going forward is um in case people need to have that anonymous uh, resource help they can have that otherwise you know I I still I will still reach out to people and check in on them and make sure they're doing okay yeah it's just like you ain't gonna stop me from Karen yeah like, exactly yeah. like I'd be like if you're not here for I don't know what the time frame is like a day I'm just like you know well like maybe they have other things going on because my my my, yeah. my threshold's two days if I haven't heard or seen someone in two days then I start to get concerned just like that's when I was like, oh my god, where are you? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then I've had it on the flip side where, like, people kind of get a little weirded out that I reach out to them. Hmm. They're like, 
why do you care? Like, I've had people straight up ask me, why do you care? And it's just like, because I care. <laughs> like, um, because you're a human and you are dealing with something obviously major. Like, every everybody has their problems. Everyone's dealing with stuff. And it's nice to know that someone's in your corner, but some they don't get that. They just, they're like suspicious of you almost Mike. instantly. Like, what is this person doing even talking to me? Yeah, so unfortunately some people are like that and they take a little bit longer to just like finally get through. Yeah. Get through too, but yeah. I was just... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say it's understandable yeah. too because um, you just never know what, like some people are out for some, you know, for stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like a lot of that hesitation comes from the internet sphere uh, because you're just like, well, what do you, why are you contacting me? What do you want from me? Because mm -hmm. you can't possibly, you don't even know me. Like, how could you possibly care what my life is about? Like, why would you care? And uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to break in our culture is like, yeah. you should care because we're human. Like, you're you're obviously upset and suffering and like it's okay like we all go through it and i care because i'm i i want to know what's going on you know and i want to help as much as i can and let you know like you're not alone in all this it's just it depends on the person really <laughs> yeah some people will just be like really open and just willing and others will just be like no sorry they'll just keep that closed close well around themselves and not like really want to interact or communicate at all and just like yeah. with those people it's just like you know patience patience is required and it's an obscene amount of patience it's true yeah. and that's just how people come you know yeah. like everyone's different spectrum yeah. of uh different stuff different interests and in, uh just who they are you know and they, everybody comes in different just thoughts and processes and everything so it's just a matter of you know just letting people know like if you need somebody to talk to i am here <laughs> and if you need some place to laugh come laugh at my derpiness <laughs> yeah that's pretty much just what it's like over here too it's just like laugh yes. at laugh at me i don't care if it's okay if you want to vent about your day just get it off your chest i i'm yes. here and it's just Pretty much, we're all one weird, kind of happy little family here, and I could kind of tell with you talking about your community, it's the same way over there, too. Yes, so, it seems like our our communities have so much in common, I love it. Yes, I know. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> but the you, zombies and the vampires you know, coming together. Ooh. Ooh, what a guess. Yeah, we will definitely... It's, yeah, it's official now. We'll definitely have to get, like, a collab, like, going, like, some Absolutely. Saturday where we, der where we derp together in Dead by Daylight. I would love that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about that now. I'm like, yay! <laughs> I, more people to play DVD? Heck yes. Yeah, it may even, like, happen uh, sooner than you think. Uh, I'll kind of talk Ooh. with you about that just, like, after. Absolutely. would uh, love to hear your ideas. <laughs> oh, okay, so, um, okay, so last thoughts. Okay, Silver said, when I was going through depression back in my early teenhood, I found it hard to open up to people. It took seven mm -hmm. years to get through the worst parts, but with the help of friends, I managed to get through the worst of it. So that's good that you had those people that were able to help you out there. That's right amazing. Here. I love stories like that. You know, it's, uh, 
it it can definitely be very scary to to go through depression especially when you feel like you're all by yourself you don't really know how to handle it or maybe you don't even know what's going on you're just thinking like this is life i guess <laughs> and uh it's good when you have that support group to help you get through that um because it's a lot of people don't and uh we're if it's very fortunate that you did silver i'm really happy for you it's that's amazing it, and it, it was definitely not an easy journey um based on what you, what you wrote but i'm really happy for you i'm glad to hear that you're you're doing a, at least a little better i think I, I would think but um but yeah if you don't have that support group it can be really difficult mm -hmm. so that's kind of that is what i'm trying to kind of create is a space where people can feel like they have the resources they have the support they can feel safe somewhere and uh that's that's what my coven is it's it's a safe place full of like really kind people and that's what i that's that's all i've ever wanted <laughs> it's like it's all i ever wanted in my life and i finally have it <laughs> yes it's so true so true and, oh neuropilot says i joke that it's flipped around like avatar twitch and discord feels more real than out in, in real life land right doesn't it Ooh. oh Sorry. yeah because maybe because of just like the whole idea about how we're, uh, when we're online like it's not true of all people but most people we feel free to just kind of open up more be ourselves just a little bit more because it's it, true yeah you got those people that you know that you don't feel judged you feel just like comfortable just to be yourself and that's just what what twitch was for me or it was is for me still like you know, <laughs> was like People may be thinking, wait, what? You're not going to stream anymore? Like, no, no, no. It's not what I meant. <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> Episode 10, Brandykins reveals a secret. <laughs> yes. I will no longer be streaming. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Is she kidding around? To find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, the rescue ranger. I was supposed to start Wellbutrin tomorrow because of my depression. I went to the pharmacy to get my prescription, and my doctor's assistant never sent the thing to him. Now I don't know when I'll get to start. Oh, God, that's, that's got to be tough. Yeah, that's got to be so frustrating. But until then, yeah, definitely, I hope that you have those people that you can talk to, and yes. just, like, whenever you, like, get down into, like, that place to where you could just be like, I, I, I need to open up. I need, yeah, I just need someone to listen. Absolutely. And, you know, um, really important is take care of yourself. Yes. Make sure you're eating well. Make sure you're drinking water. Sleep. Uh, that is either you're the depressed person who doesn't sleep or you're the depressed person who sleeps too much. So depending on which one you are, just be careful. That's that's, you know, just take care of yourself as best as you can, my friend, because that's a really difficult situation. You, you found yourself, but I know you can do it um just you know take it easy when you start recognizing those signs just take a deep breath go do something that you enjoy you know maybe it's art listening to music dancing go outside get some fresh air and some sunlight um unless you're a vampire then stay away from that <laughs> but, <laughs> um definitely just just don't overdo it because right now you're in a very like like sensitive time i don't know if sensitive is the right word but just Take it easy. Just don't. It's going to be okay. Sorry to hear that your meds are not ready, though. That's especially when you go to the freaking pharmacy, you're just like, okay, I'm ready to pick up my prescription. Like, you went all the way to the pharmacy. 
That's a that's a chore. <laughs> yeah, it's just like no psych. We don't have it. It's just like really. Ugh, uh, so so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely tell. I could definitely tell. It's just like frustrating. Uh, yeah, and if it doesn't get to where like you don't have it within a reasonable time frame, then I'd be calling and it's like, hey, what the hell is up? What is going on? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So don't feel like just like oh, like I don't have my well-being strength, so now I'm never gonna get it. No, just like right. make sure to call them out on it. It is appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you got to take care of yourself. Um, no one's, you know, you have some people care about you and they'll take care of you, which is really amazing if you do. But sometimes you're the only person that's going to look out for your best interests. And sometimes that's how it is in the medical industry as well. So uh, don't don't just like roll over and just be like, OK, I'll just wait for them to do whatever. Maybe next week. I, I'm not saying that that's probably what you'll do we didn't take it that way but i'm just saying like um sometimes uh the medical field doesn't take these kinds of things seriously and so they might just kind of like oh we'll get to it but it's definitely a priority you know don't let them convince you otherwise <laughs> okay. oh you said i called them and no one answered so i left a slightly agitated message went home and modded perfect. my old game boy good for you Heck yes see that's perfect absolutely perfect good for and, you uh, so you definitely yeah. you're definitely looking out for you so that's good perfect yeah that's brilliant yeah i'm so happy that you you've got that thank you and amazing i'm fingers crossed for you my friend because oof, medical industry can be difficult to uh to maneuver ah uh, yes 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 man two hours We've been going at it for two hours. I know. Because it's like, <laughs> and it's just like, it hasn't even been like, I always, I'm not like, oh, two hours. God, I wanted to like end like an hour ago. But no, I'm just like amazed. This like two hours, like, because I've had such a great time just talking back and forth with you. This Heck is pretty yes. much just our, this is our first official meeting. And it's just pretty much, I feel like that we've known each other for a lot longer. It helps that we have very similar interests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that helps too. A but, lot. I've really enjoyed this. Like, like I said in the beginning, um, I don't have very many people to nerd out with horror stuff with. So this is, like, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yay, oh, yes, oh uh, yeah, Silver. This has been the longest podcast so far that I've had. Like, <laughs> thanks uh, for pointing it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, thanks. But um, I think the longest one before this was like an hour and a half. So. My other I'm for, setting the bar. Come on. Come yeah. on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're setting the bar for everything here. Episode but, 10, hour, like two hour podcast episode. First, I'm like, just... first vampire enthusiast. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> and also the first person that I've had on here that's talked about issues such as, you know, suicide awareness and um, blood donation. So, so you're yeah. setting a lot of milestones for me, girl. <laughs> I'm happy to do so. Absolutely. Uh, okay. And before we now officially end, tell people when you're going to be streaming next and what time you'll be streaming and remind them of where they can find you on Twitch because it has been a while since we've done that. I, yeah, no worries. Thank you so much, Brandykins. I really yeah. appreciate being here. I will be streaming next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are hopefully getting the forest up and running. Um, it has a See, but I bought some new PC parts, so fingers crossing that it works this time. Um, you can find me at Twitch, uh, just going to Vampire Toy, 
you can pretty much connect with me there. Discord's the best place to go. Twitter is also a really good option as well. I post all the updates to either one of those. Um, so definitely come on by. Like I said, my community is really friendly. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to get to know you a little more. Um, come on by the Discord. Come on by the stream. We'd to love to hang out. So thank you so much, Brandykins. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you hosting me here. I really appreciate that. Thank you. All and I appreciate you coming on and talking with me about our shared interests and about the things that you are passionate about outside of those interests. It's just you've earned a follow from me too if I haven't like Thank already you. like I appreciate yet. That. So Thank I'm, you. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna return the favor there because it's, it's gonna be like, wow, we get along. Yeah, I'm not gonna follow her on Twitch. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna like follow you like after and I will hit you up for you. Um, Dead by Daylight as Yes, mayhem that we'll have to, this is gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, because I can definitely tell just like a co-stream or collab with the two of us will be an interesting thing. I can already tell. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm already like, yes. yes. <laughs> All right, so Vampire Toy, once again, thank you for coming on. It has been an absolute pleasure. No, oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as well. Thank you guys so much for having me. And any last words? Remember that you are capable of more than you ever realized. Just know that someone out there cares about you. Aww. What an amazing night, everybody. Aww. Yeah. Take care, my dear. Thank you. You too. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>all so very much for listening to this week's episode of terrific talk if you have any feedback or questions for me please direct them towards my twitter at brandykins1982 or at the terrific talk twitter at terrific talk also if you're interested in becoming a patron of this podcast please go to patreon.com slash brandykins so until next time stay terrific